Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of uh, Lay Film, where we discuss some gems of the cinematic industry. Um, today, we'll be doing a Japanese film directed by Tetsuo Nakashima, a、uh, drama mystery film.、Uh, it's a film that I actually chose. Uh, I wanted to do a new, a new film from a different country. I don't think we've done a Japanese film yet, right? I don't think so. Oh, wait,、uh, maybe. No. I'm not sure. We did a Taiwanese, we did Korean, South Koreans. But yeah, I wanted, I wanted something to,、uh, I don't know, I wanted like a mind, a mind fuck, something to knock my socks off. <laughs> and I think this film definitely did that.、Um, yeah, so just first thoughts, what did you guys think? Oh my god. <laughs> like, I don't think I was ready for it. Like, in, a, in the best way possible. Neither like, was I. <laughs> because, like,、uh, I, just, I just looked at the poster. Like, because, um,. When you first sent it out to, out to us, like it just showed the poster for it. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna like look into this at all. I'm just gonna go into it cold. And it's just an image of、uh, the main teacher's face. And I was like, okay, what, what's this all about? And it's like kind of like a dark, like a, like a canted image of her. And then in the beginning, it feels like it just throws you right into it. Like it's just another normal day.、Uh, In, in class, and you know, kids are being rowdy and stuff. And then the teacher is just so calm, collected, and cool, and detached from the entire reality of it all. And it just seems so distant, but so cold and calculating. And it made me feel so uneasy, like just during the first parts of the movie. And then it gets. <laughs> it hits hard. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa! Like, Tyler, oh my god! <laughs> I was like crying like 15 minutes in. <laughs> like, no, I loved it though. Like, it felt. I haven't seen a movie that was so precise in all of its.、Uh, just all the information that it gives you. Like, it chooses to withhold certain types of information. And just gives you the bare essential to keep you going in the movie. And it like locks you in to like its different sequences. Because each one has like a specific message and different type of emotion that it's going for. And I think you, I think you like knocked it out of the park with this, with this recommendation. <laughs> yeah,、uh, this film really. Hit me really the style of it all, and just I think I told the Kevin earlier, but I, I, had a, I went to a dentist appointment this morning to get some cavities drilled, and、uh, I was sitting there waiting for the dentist to come in, and just a wave of melancholy from the film. Just yeah, such a deep impact. I'm sitting there 
it was, yeah, I'm just sitting there with a bit of the film and a bit of the dentist dread hit me and just sitting there thinking about it. And the film, it's, it's made me think about stuff reflective of our own society. And like, it's a, to me, it's a very punk film. It's very like old school, like it's its own type of punk and this could be ignorance, but I think it, I think we as a nation in the U S we can't make films like that anymore. It's all corporatized. It's all or politicized. We can't make just a pure punk film because there's so much other stuff attached to what it means to this, this, this. There's a lot of lines drawn where this one, I, I want to, I could be ignorant, but I assume in the Japanese culture, it seems like it's very much rebellious against the very structured, repressive, emotionally stuff that these kids are feeling, as well as the teachers, as well as you know, repressed feelings about what justice is, repressed feelings about love or familiar bonds. There's just so much. The film seems so, it just screams so hard, very punk to me, about those restraints those people are feeling emotionally. And it's just something I think we as a culture lost in the 80s, late 80s. And no, that's, that's the big thing that, that was the biggest takeaway from the film for me. It's just that part hits me so hard where maybe I'm not in the right circles, but I'm trying to think of why I'm just so envious of their cinema, cinematic scene that they can do this still. And just, yeah, it's just, I love the film. Such a great recommendation. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm with everyone. Um, I really dug this film. I think when I first finished it, which was like just a couple days ago, um, I wasn't sure how to feel about it at first because it's just touched on, it's very like sensitive topics. I think the film just goes there. Uh, it's pretty extreme and it's done with purpose. Um, and you can tell from the very start, just through the film's style um, and some people could complain that it's all like style over substance but I think it's a really uh, great blend of both um, and at first I was like hmm I don't know like these scenes aren't really hitting me on an emotional level but maybe on like a thought-provoking intellectual level it is so at first I thought okay maybe that could be a negative but just um, giving it some time to th think on it and even this morning I was like wow you know that film is like pretty hard-hitting um, and even the performances from, uh, I mean, especially from the lead, uh, by the teacher, um, what's her name? Ayuko uh, Moriguchi, who's played by Takako Matsu. She did a fantastic job, um, leading the way. Um, and all the, the, the child actors, like they're, they're not played by 20 year olds pretending to be, you know, teenagers or kids or actually like legit child actors. I thought that the acting from them was terrific, um, especially by uh, Mizuki, um, played by um, Ai Hashimoto and um, Shuya Watanabe, the other kid. Uh, I think he's student A or he's referenced yes. as student A. Yeah, he's played by um, Yukito Nishi. And. Um, yeah, and the other uh, boy, um, Naoki. Um, he's played by Keoru Fujiwara. Yeah, all, the the four of them 
just knock it out of the park. And yeah, I didn't I didn't anticipate you recommending like a, a, a revenge <laughs> film because you know I don't think we've have we done a revenge film. I don't think we've covered a revenge film yeah, at all, which is um, surprising because yeah, like <laughs> yeah yeah it's, yeah it's very surprising because it's dark but it's not too dark or it's not too heavy on you. Um, at least for me, uh, it kind of reminded me of like a a mixture of like a Bong Joon-ho and Zack Snyder and even a little bit of like Gus Van Sant, like mm-hmm. a little bit of the three of them and other filmmaking, like there's just some aspects of the film like, oh, these shots totally remind me of like certain directors and it's so like brilliantly stylized, like this is cool. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on uh, Confessions. Um, yeah, that's what I thought so far. But I love about you, Tyler. I think I just remember turning it on and the opening monologue I swear I think that's like one of the best openings to a film I've ever watched like I was so like captivated um yeah it was just like I was like is this I could I would have been totally fine with that movie being in that classroom in that first scene for the whole like hour and 40 minutes it was uh, but yeah, the acting, every actor was amazing. I don't think there was one bad actor. The cinematography, like, blew me away, too. Also, I did not think it would... That was a big surprise to me. Um, and then uh, the soundtrack, too. The soundtrack was great. Radiohead was... They had Radiohead on there twice, the same radio. That song was... I was like... That song was insane. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just love this movie. I definitely got some Bong Joon-ho. I, I'm just drawn to that, that style for sure. Where just, you keep being led one way and then there's a reveal, you know, 10, 15 minutes later and then another reveal that you, every time you think you have something figured out or generalization, it's just the rugs pulled out from under you. Um... But yeah, this is, after just watching it for the first time, I for sure, I would probably put it in, like, my top ten favorite movies. That's one thing that I've come to really appreciate about this podcast is that um, we end up, I I don't know about you guys, but, like, for me, I, I notice that I have, like, a certain bubble of, like, movies that I, like, when I'm wanting to watch one, I have, like, a set list of the ones I want to watch. And, like, just going through, like, recommendations from, like, all of you guys, like, especially with this one, like, I hadn't, this is, I think, like, when you first recommend, recommended it to us, I I had no idea about this movie. And I just think it's crazy that to just go out on a limb and just watch this movie and to find out that it's, that it ends up being, like, one of your top ten, like, literally a few days later, that is insane to me. Like, that is crazy, but in, like, the best way possible. Yeah, I wanted to say, uh, I got big old Anno vibes. Yes. From the film. Yes. And what vibes? A Hideaki Anno? Yeah. Evangelion, Love um, Pop. Especially in the editing style, as well as there's, like, I want to say there's direct references, or just, like, similar shots. It's clearly, like, influenced by the 90s Anno's work. And I love the sky shots and the cinematography. I forgot to mention that at yeah. all. I love the every, clouds, every yeah. cloud shot. I, I love I feel those. like that's totally like Gus Van Sant elephant 
uh, at least to me, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I, there are some shots where I'm like, oh, that's reminding me of Elephant, and it's done it like a few times, and mm-hmm. you know the the subject matter is pretty, um, you know, it's right there, like it's pretty relevant. So, but yeah, yeah, the, the cloud shots. Yeah, like I, I, I think in terms of like other movies that reminded me of like the tone that this one had is definitely I Saw the Devil by Kim Ji Woon and um uh Old Boy which is um by oh, yeah. Park Chan Wook. Like this this is like like one of my favorite subgenres is uh South Korean vengeance films. Like there was like a huge period of time where like I was just into watching vengeance movies from that country just because it's like such a niche or a niche and um like to see like another country like just pull off a vengeance movie like just, just it just comes so natural to the director like it was just it was just an exercise in precision to me like every every angle every single camera movement every single perspective that was shown in the movie it was all deliberate like it was at times, I was, like, wondering, is this superfluous? Like, is this unnecessary? But, like, like I think, um, I'm sure all of us are in agreement of this. Like, this movie stays with you, even after, like, a few days. Like, I mean, for me, I just watched it last night, and I'm still, like, trying to process it, because it, it just reminds me of um, just movies that... Or just even, I know that there are some times where I listen to, like, bands and, like, different artists. Like, I'll listen to an album all the way through. Like, I don't know if I was really feeling that or not. But then, like, a week later, I'm like, hmm, I I really want to listen to that album again. And then soon enough, like, it's on repeat for me. And then (laughs) then it just becomes, like, one of my favorite albums. And I think that this movie is definitely right up there in terms of that type of, uh, that semblance or the anything like that. Um, another movie that I felt a similar way about it was Long Day's Journey into Night. And that movie, similar to this one, it really sticks with its convictions going into it, especially like with, um, the rules that they set out to implement in the world itself. Um, like, I don't know if we're getting into spoiler territory or not with it, but there's like some devices that the filmmakers use and then it gets to a certain point and then it's like, Oh, okay. I know what you're doing now. All right. <laughs> I'm into this. Um, but yes, definitely like with the songs and like the entire movie could be its own soundtrack. Like just one long take, just, uh, just an hour and 40 minutes of just one song. Like it just, it was, it felt like such a stream of consciousness, but like, unrelenting like it was just so relentless like it just definitely with what you were saying pat like with anno's work um especially with the editing like there would just be like a brief burst of just like image to image to image to image oh, just like juxtaposition oh mon- i mean it has a bunch of montage i think that's mm-hmm. why i i feel like i'm reminded of Zack snyder and bong joon ho because their films i think they do a great job of incorporating montage mm-hmm. um, and then they're all edited very beautifully it's very like stylistic and I think this film does the montage 
really, really well. And it does it a lot. It does it throughout the whole film. And I'm like, no, it's not one or two sequences of montage. It's just the whole film is like that. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, that's, um, you got to give props to, like, the filmmaking. Like, it must have taken them, it just must have been a challenge to do that. I don't know if it would have been a challenge, but it just seemed like a really hard task. Mm-hmm. And they pulled it off. So much slow motion. Normally I would get tired of that much slow motion, but it did not get old at all. Nothing felt really sit in this. Everything just hit it for me. Even the slow-mo, yeah, it's like, what, a minute, two minutes of just pure slow-mo? Oh, yeah. When spring, or it's when it's raining or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, oh, this is, this is great. Just yeah. sitting there, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there were any, like, mundane shots. Like, almost every shot was really... Um, just yeah it's incredibly stylized it's so beautiful um, it just wasn't boring to look at um, some people can see it as a negative but for me um, yeah especially when we were talking about um, vengeance and it has to do with a classroom full of kids it's uh, like you mentioned earlier Kevin um, you said it reminded you also of like old boy or like these other like classic vengeance films uh old boy is pretty controversial and this film is also controversial because it deals with some yes things that like is this morally acceptable i mean obviously not when you're talking about a vengeance film um there's always a moral conundrum behind that like is this right can we justify their actions how far is too far um yeah and the colors, the colors of the film, reminded me of the beginning. It's very muted. Yes. Except for the, except for reds, and pink. Everything else is very muted. That makes those things pop. I just also remember the opening monologue. Yeah, it's very. It's so cold. It's yeah. so stylized. It's like so like the, blue and gray. Yeah, like the framing and the cinematography is so stylized, but it's not like leaning into colors fully. Or, uh, there's color obviously, but it's. Clearly, it felt like it was saving the color. Like the first time mm-hmm. you see red, there's like blood in a syringe. Something's being revealed. And you, like it hits a little harder. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right in that aspect of the cinematography. Like I think it's purposely gray and like kind of dull because they are in that world where like it's not black and white morality. Uh, and those colors are introduced later to like show the the, the consequences that will come. Uh, yeah, I think that was brilliantly mentioned. Should we give our review and then just jump right into it? Or our, our, cool. our rating? Sure. Tyler, what do you... Uh, Man, I'm going gonna, gonna to give it a 5 out of 5. Woo! <laughs> nice. <laughs> My first 5. Yeah, um, I just, like I said, it's already like top 10 for me. Uh, I just love movies where it just keeps me guessing and it was different than your traditional like mystery where you know we know who the culprits are 20 minutes in pretty much but just the way like the Rashomon whatever like Pulp Fiction style of the narrative and how you hear each person's confession and a new details revealed about the story it was just so perfectly done for me and the cinematography, the soundtrack, the acting, just everything went together 
so well for me. So yeah, I give it a five out of five. I think I I think purely just for like the technical proficiency of this movie is like worth at at least four stars alone. Like bare minimum. For me though, I'm giving it a four point five out of five. And I'm sure that as time goes by, this movie will be the ones that simmers a bit for me to where I have to like gestate it a bit to fully process like this new experience of storytelling that I'm not or this new take on on this type of story for it to like fully bloom into what it is that I'm supposed to take away from it and I love that alone because it only adds more affection more understanding and more um I guess a uh, personal personal um I guess gratitude towards the the storytellers just because they're so undaring I mean they're so they're so daring and unflinching when it comes to like taking on these topics and exploring it for all that it's worth to basically hold a mirror up to society and to basically show it how ugly it can be especially when you're dealing with students and children in school um like for instance i i remember i was in like a high school english class during my sophomore year and the year before i had the same teacher and in this in this new class i uh there was a bunch of uh, rowdy kids and stuff and they would always disrupt class and my teacher she was like probably in her 50s very small very um soft spoken woman and um her husband had passed away i want to say a few years earlier and she was still getting over it like it weighed heavily on her and just the students were were getting to her day in and day out like she would try and discuss like the agenda that was for the day as well as the book that we were reading and eventually it just got to the point where she just like walked out one day and we never saw her again and this was like halfway during the semester like she just had like a mental breakdown because of all the students who were just completely bullying her and like everyone else in the class like they were untamable and to see this subject explored in like cinema it was it touched a nerve for me and i'm very that's why i feel a bit nervous about like talking about this movie because it's getting me to explore that uh experience that i had because i liked the teacher as well like i definitely identified with um with uh marguchi yeah yeah or um you go, you go. You go. the the student oh no, i was thinking about the Oh, with the teacher as well, like I, Mizuki. Mizuki, yeah, the female. Yes, with with Mizuki, like with her, because um, Mariguchi was talking. She's like, I'm so sorry. Um, wait, her name was Mizuki. The, 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 the Mizuki, young girl, Mizuki, yeah, yeah. and then the teacher's Mariguchi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When uh, she was giving her monologue in the beginning, she's like, Oh, by the way, I'm sorry, Mizuki, because she knows like her leaving definitely impacts her as a student because she actually liked the teacher. Like I I identified with uh, Mizuki because 
my English teacher, like I, I loved her style of teaching and to see just society and like these kids just completely rip such a pure human being apart just for, because they're bored. Oh my God. Anyways, I feel like I'm uh, getting sidetracked here, but uh, yeah, that's why I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 5. Uh, who knows? It could bump up in the future, but for the cinematography, editing, actually, no, fuck that stuff. The story alone is worth it, all right? And it, the visual experience of it, well worth the watch. I, I, I highly, highly recommend it, and yeah. I'm going to go 5 out of 5. I'm not sure if it's in the top ten. I have to, I have to sit down and think for a long time, but it's up. It's up there. It's top twenty fifteen for sure. Just everything about the style, the message, the everything just hit. And Kevin reminded me uh, in the beginning, I did a year at a junior high and after school program. So when I was seeing those kids. I I, I really emphasize with uh, Yuko. Margucci. Margucci. I really emphasize with her, empathize with her. Or yeah, I remember like moments where the class would begin out of hand. And that's where I started first noticing it is a different cultural film. But I was just after school classroom leader. I just had a class of junior high kids for an after school program. But even then I was able to like have a bit of an iron fist when it came to certain things of like, yeah, like the kid throws a ball. Like, I remember, like, that's something I can get fired for. So you had to be a hawk on that stuff. Of, like, you can't be doing that to other kids. And just a lot of... The whole time they were acting out, like, it was hitting me in the chest. Where I was like, oh, my God. Like, just start... Just lay into the kids already. And she does. <laughs> she does lay into Yeah. But she does it in her own way. <laughs> her own cold and calculated yeah. way. For my way, it was, it was more like... It was, it was a little cold, but like, we're going to talk to your parents. It's just like... I don't know. I just remember, like, being, like... Like, it'd be calm and collected, but, like, I'd still have, like, a confidence thing of, like, oh, I'm the teacher. We're going to talk to your parents later. You can't be doing this. <laughs> Do your homework. Let me see your homework. Okay, read a book, and then maybe you can go to recess. And just stuff like that where I think it's the film's touching on the differences in their culture. And that's why I noticed in that. I was like, yeah, the kids, she's very, she has a hard time reaching them or just even corralling them to be the bare minimum of behaving. And yet I forgot until, yeah, I just forgot that part hit me as well. <laughs> but yeah, amazing film. Um, for me, uh, man, I've been thinking about it for quite, for like the, you know, the past few days. And um, I think I'm just, I'm gonna give the film a four out of five. Um, I really liked it a lot. Um, and I, I still have to let it simmer in my mind for some time, just because it's very heavy. It's not extremely dark, but it is touching on some very sensitive topics that, um, you know, uh, that are still relevant to our culture, even though it's Japanese culture. Um, just not sure how that would affect other people's way of viewing it. Um... Yeah, I just, I really dug the style and just the editing and the music. Like, you guys brought up Radiohead. Uh, I really liked that they had um, the XX on there, too. Um, they're a really good band that I listened to, especially during the 2010 era. 
Um, but I don't know. Like, uh, I think some part of me, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, uh, but then again, it's a vengeance film, so like, I don't know. Like, I didn't feel too emotionally attached to the situation, although I felt really bad. It didn't really hit me as hard as I wanted it to. But then again, I may have to watch it again and let it like sit with me. But for now, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Um, everything other than that, like. The performances from the, the kids alone is great. I think the transition from the confession from the teacher to the kids was done brilliantly. Um, when we when we start to get to know the kids, oh man, it's just I just developed this like love hate relationship with them, and I'm like, ugh, like I despise them, but that they're kids, but like even the film knows that we know that, so like. Like, you're just fighting with the idea of, like, oh, they should be, like, punished or disciplined or protected, you know? I think anyone is justified and wanting to feel that way, you know? Um, I think that's why it's, I'm so back and forth on this film, just because, like, they're just... It's so hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's really... Um, it's not an easy subject to, like, grasp. Um, but for now, I'll give it a four, and we'll see in the future. Very, very... Well, there's so many ambivalent feelings. It's like, how do I feel about these scenes? I don't know. I definitely see what you mean, though, Richie. For sure. Well, that being said, um, yeah, I definitely see this film. We're going to get into more details now for those of you who haven't seen it yet. Uh, hopefully, we have persuaded you all to watch this film. Um, Tyler, great recommendation. I'm glad you brought up... Uh, not only just a, a film that, like, we haven't done yet, like the genre of uh, vengeance film, but we haven't done a Japanese film. So I think that uh, this is a really great watch. So now let's get into it. Um, yeah, I mean, this, <laughs> this movie is um, about a teacher who's um, taking vengeance for the death of her daughter. I don't think we really got into the synopsis, really. But um, yeah, she's. Um, yeah, this whole story is driven around the uh, the fact that her daughter was murdered by two kids um, in her in her early, in her classroom yeah. yes. or at her school right no they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're both oh yeah the kids the students yeah. were in her class yeah and when she calls them student A and student B um, student A and B had a hand in killing her daughter all because um, student A he developed like a, a device to um, protect women from theft from like uh, other men. If they were like snatched their purse, they would get like a a taser, or they would get shocked by yeah an electronic device. Um, so yeah, the this, this student A decides to test that on her daughter. I, for, I I honestly forgot why he chose her specifically. Is it to like? 
I don't know if it's because he despised her as a teacher or he wanted to teach her a lesson about something. I don't recall why he um, chose the he, little girl specifically. He, he had a complex from the uh, the lunacy. Yes, the lunacy killings that made headlines the day he won like a national science convention or science mm -hmm. fair. Oh yeah, for that invention. Yeah. So it's like with the game recognition, I'm gonna kill someone and to be a news story the same way. My genius, my intellect, I'm gonna make a device that kills and that's what people will know me by. I'll get the recognition I deserve. And then a great part of the film is that he's clearly incompetent at that level. And the professor has some great, uh, the teacher has great digs where she reveals like, yeah, it just, you can't, your device isn't capable of killing anyone. It just like tased my daughter. It knocked her unconscious for five, ten seconds, twenty seconds, mm -hmm. however long the scene demanded. Yeah, so it like backfires on him. He's not as smart as he thinks he is, oh, yeah. or he's not as competent as he thinks. And yeah, he wants to like take that glory, even though he didn't really kill her. Um, student B, in an act of like self-preservation, decides like, okay, I'm gonna dump her body into the pool. But it's revealed that she lived with and all the confessions. Yeah, that he also was having saw a her, mental break. Yeah, he saw her wake up, and he decides to just throw her in there anyway. Um, yeah, and the fact that um, uh, the relationship between student A and student B is like student A doesn't even view this kid as like someone who is on his level. Yeah. He doesn't see him as an equal. He doesn't see him as a peer. He just think slowly of him. And B was ostracized, like not good enough for sports youth and just kicked mm -hmm. to the wayside by society, you felt. Especially in the classroom as a whole. Yeah. Like it's just basically a microcosm of the society he lives in, but also amplified to in to a shattering degree. So like when he has kid A like come into his life and, you know, reach out to him almost as like a like an outlet for him, it's all the more devastating when it's revealed to him by Kid A that he feels so low. Like, he, like as you were saying, Richie, like he doesn't even view him as an equal. He's like, I just used you. Like, I would never want to be your friend. Yeah. He's like, you're worthless. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's the key word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He calls him worthless as right after they tase Moriguchi's daughter, right? Yeah. 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 He's like, you're worthless. You'll never amount to anything. And basically, his motivation for killing uh, Monami? Manami? Manami? Yeah, Maraguchi's daughter. He even sees her eyes open up and he just throws her in the pool just so he can be better than uh, student A, Shuya, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think it's Shuya and ne Naoki. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, yeah, because I, th I think, yeah, yeah, Tyler, you're totally right. That's in, like, yeah, the third yeah. confession. That's, like, yes. a little... Keep stacking. Mm-hmm. I knew as soon as she, like, got tased, I was like, she's not dead, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah but, I, but as kids, I can understand being a little kid, you think, oh, shit, like, you know, this just happened, and you're like, oh, shit, she's dead, you know? Like, let's, like, let's cover it up or some shit like yeah, that. That's where I want yeah. to head, like, oh, they threw in the pool to cover it, and that's what we assume at first when it's revealed. Yeah. That was, like, one of the, the shot of, like, from far back over the whole pool. Oh. Like when you just see... The hard cut to it? Yeah, and you just see uh, Moriguchi running out there. 
it's like an extreme like wide shot and you just see her daughter like floating in the pool it's like that's like one of the heaviest shots I've ever seen she's immediately in the dirty pool yeah it's like her full credit there like that yeah that compounds the pain you know like she's right in <laughs> just mm-hmm. no hesitation oh, what a good mom then we just stick with Mariguchi, like, during the entire monologue, seeing the toll that having HIV plays in her relationship with her husband, and how it creates, like, a rift between them. Like, how um, it was just contracted one day, and he didn't want to have their daughter ostracized by society as well for having a father who is HIV positive. So he ends up like not marrying Mariguchi, which hurts all the more to her, I can imagine. And then when they lose their child, um, well, um, did, did I take it that the husband died before her daughter did, correct? No. Oh, no, oh, no it, was it was after opposite? because he okay. was revealing. The first yeah, time he gets to hold her is when, is oh, when she's yes, yes. dead. Oh my god, that makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah. And then it's a great scene. And then like um when it's found out that the students had something to do with the killing, like it's revealed like by Mariguchi, like that one scene where she's in her husband's like room stealing the blood from him, like oh. with the syringe, and she's like wanting to get back or no. Oh no, uh the scene is like she's revealing her motivation to Mizuki in the restaurant. Yes. And she's, like, imparting words of wisdom about vengeance and how it's not worth it. And then she's basically repeating all the things that her husband told her, like, in in conjunction showing the footage of her trying to steal the blood from him while he's sleeping. Oh, God, that's such a brilliant moment. That was one of the... Such a brilliant yeah, moment. That was one of the catch moments. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. before you're led to believe, like, the monologue, as soon as they mention, she mentions that her husband has HIV, like... Oh, the that was like great editing too like the sound editing with her she's just like there's teachers like that all the time who just like talk in their same voice while their students are just completely rowdy as shit and then as soon as she mentions HIV it's like she has their like undivided attention yeah it's just, it's just dead quiet yeah and then it's revealed that she puts uh, I forget her husband's name um, but yeah she says she puts uh, his blood, HIV blood, in yeah. their student A and B's milk carton. Yeah, the film opens with them all just drinking milk, and that's like the first strong red in the film is like the big old syringe mm-hmm. puncturing one, two of the cartons. But my thing was it's revealed then, and I think it's it's a great. There's a lot of references to like the AIDS panic and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I love the way they handle it and reference it because I want to say her husband. That's that's the weird part because she does remove the blood, but did he have AIDS, or did he also die of? Oh that, no, yeah, didn't she say that he had AIDS? Eventually, it would, later on, I think it was revealed that he he got he contracted AIDS. But when she's confessing the Mizuki, I I'm ninety percent sure that cancer killed him, and that I want to say like he never even had AIDS. I when Mizuki asked like I knew you didn't put the blood into the students' milk and they're just mm-hmm. bluffing. I want to say she did a whole thing. But yeah, you can't even contract it. You can contract it through drinking the blood, but it's very 
It's like it's extremely unlikely. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not as like his other modes of transmission. And then I want to say some. There's some final line where she she references he had cancer. That's what got him in the end. Like if we had noticed a little sooner, we would have noticed his cancer. Although he may have, I could be. Yeah, I could be hung up on. It may have been cancer that killed him, but he did have. He may have had HIV, mm-hmm. not full blown autoimmune deficiency syndrome. Yeah, I think it was just the. I think it was that he had HIV, but can't. They were so preoccupied with that, they didn't notice he had a terminal cancer, mm-hmm. and that's what took him right after the daughter's death, or yeah. shortly after. Yeah, it really says a lot about how. I guess. Um, or tribal society can get towards taboo topics like that because well they choose to treat it as as taboo rather than openly communicating about it like makes me think about the I mean because when we were talking the other movie that we discussed that deals with uh, the AIDS epidemic uh, was Rebels of the Neon God and I think it's I think just juxtaposing like the the way that they handled that material with how this movie handles it, it's very similar in that you have like this insane panic over this disease that not many people understand, like how to contract it, how to deal with it, all these different things that go into it. And just because of miscommunication, it ends up getting so blown out of proportion that uh, there's there's a great scene in the movie where uh, Shuya just uses a, a razor to cut open his finger and he's like so done with the bullying that's going on in his class that he just walks up to one of the main ones and just smears his thumb on the side of the bully's face and then the bully is just so just stricken with terror that he can't even like move and then the entire class like oh the the bird's eye view shots like you just see the entire like Every desk just yeah like, just whoosh. yeah just like it it like almost forms like a circular pattern of everyone backing off mm-hmm. from the center of where this is all taking place. Like it just it was like almost watching like a massive rock be cast into a pond, and you just see the ripples like play out on screen. Like I've never seen it to that degree in filmmaking. Like it was really pushing the boundaries in terms of just showing that, or capturing that emotion. And I think that just with the epidemic and everything, like, I'm sure that there's even, like, still things going on today, like, especially with coronavirus now, where, like, not many people, like, I I can only imagine just how little research is actually done uh, on a personal level to diseases and everything that, like, afflict humanity and like, it just creates, like, so much boundaries and rifts between people. Like, it makes them forget about how human it is to be alive. <laughs> I don't know. I had a weird take. I don't think this is a revenge film. Yeah. Go on. I think it's just a full... I think it's very much like Dogville, or it's just a very pessimistic view of society, people, and humankind with punk elements. It's like, it feels, the whole film, especially the, with the ending, but it feels like a total rejection of what, it feels like a rejection of what you, of just society. Yeah. From multiple characters rejecting it in different ways. 
and then I for what the big part that makes me feel that way is the ending mm-hmm. with it makes you like same thing with Dogville it's like why do like it makes you question your morals like you're like why do I I shouldn't feel like this is right but yeah I'm not saying I feel like it's right, but I'm just saying like there is there is that in the back of your head, at least for me, I mean like you do sometimes like watching it, like you're like you get like almost like a guilty pleasure from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but I think like of the fully innocent people, it's the daughter who's killed and then Mizuki's innocent compared to a lot of the other characters. I guess Shuya has nothing. And, um, even the, even the, the, the second teacher? Oh, Werther? Werther, yeah. Oh, he's in, he's like, yeah, he's in, he's like a, he's so, like a B character, he's like a bully character, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised nothing really happened for his character. I, I think, that. I think that he was just basically a vessel to show the naivete that, uh, Mariguchi even went through because yeah. she even talks about it in the monologue where she like holds up the book of like pretty much the teacher's bible yeah. or like the the handbook on how to be a good teacher and just this this uncompromising uh, idealism where you just try to be do the best with what you have day in and day out only to watch yourself age and but you know have a little bit uh more of a heavier stride in your in your footsteps and to just have the weight of it all bear down on you and then to just hear about how she used Werther to like just fully get her plan back on track to use his naivete and innocence against him without him even knowing it I just think that it's such like a commentary on how foolish uh or just how delusional we can be and how we can convince ourselves that what we're doing is right and all these different um, uh, needles on the compass of morality pointing to what is right versus what is wrong. It's like, no, it's not It's not that black and white when it comes to morality because it's all universal. I mean, it's all relative, I should say. Yeah, because uh, the teacher does get her revenge but I think the final scene where uh, Shuya, Shuya inadvertently kills his mother, who he has this very big complex about, like a psychosis level complex about, and he's having a breakdown, and then she comes through the crowd, and she grabs her, like, in the action movies in the 80s, and like, look here, you little punk. And then she goes, now, really, now your rehabilitation begins, and it's like an action movie line... And then, then she had, but then she cries, and Shuya cries, and then she laughs. Where it's yeah, it's like, I think it's more about her. It's about like yeah, just the like a paradise lost type. We see her go from like sympathetic to like okay, she's also not a sympathetic character anymore. She's not a good character. She's not a hero. She's not yeah. She's not a hero, and the revenge isn't. Yeah, it's not like a. It's not like Taken Five or something where she's. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like that. (laughs) The other character set of skills. (laughs) (laughs) I when yeah when when was early because I didn't know anything about the film, but yeah when she revealed the daughter was killed by students in the class, I was like, oh this is good. 
I wanted to pull like a revolver and like a sick guitar riff happens. <laughs> <laughs> and now I got my own ver I got the it got a little different and subverted, but yeah. It wasn't pure action movie got and I was very cerebral. But I, I I think it's just like, yeah, tribalism, fear of the other, fear of impurity in the self, like with all the AIDS stuff and the student B who has like the mental break. And also xenophobia as well. Because I know Japan has like a huge like cultural um I know that that's like one of the critiques on it is how xenophobic it can be in terms of like preserving the purity. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yeah, like a lot of the keep to yourself, mind your own business, mm-hmm. the school passes the blame. Or, yeah. yeah. A student's killing animals for fun. That's like, like, a, yeah. like saving face. Yes. Definitely. Yes. We don't get the police involved. When she says, I, I want to reopen the investigation because I have evidence these two students killed the police. They kind of like dismissed her. Like, oh, you're, you're just hysterical. You're grasping. And just, yeah, all this. So I think, I think it's more, there's revenge in the film, but I think it's saying a lot, a lot more than re- revenge. Mm-hmm. Especially with how much screen time Shuya gets. Man, they had some Donnie Darko vibes towards the end. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that you're... I'm in agreement with that. That the vengeance is just the vessel that the themes are packed into. Um, I think that it could easily be seen as like a vengeance Like, hey, you gotta watch this this vengeance movie. Like, It, it really goes there. Um, no, it's, it's not like that at all. I, th- I think that it definitely, like what you were saying about how reminiscent of the tone it is to Dogville. Yes, I think definitely so. It's, it's meant to spin themes that we're used to seeing play out and subverting them and changing expectations while also providing additional commentary on it by saying, is this really what we believe? Should we... Like, how how strong do we hold on to these convictions to the point where we're the ones who were delusional the entire time? Um, yeah, this movie is so... Oh my gosh, like, when I try to think about something I want to say about it, it just constellates to another thought, and then to another one, and then another one. Like, it's, yeah. it's this huge mosaic of... Just completely, oh God, it's so hard to filter through it all. <laughs> the clock going backwards. Yes. The pop. Oh, oh yeah, the pop. That was a great, oh, great, yeah. like, run back to that. What did she He's like, he's uh, Shuya, right? He says to yeah. her. That's, yeah. He's like, that's the sound. That sounds like the sound of you losing something important to you. Yes. And then later on, like that was like a good vengeance part, I guess you could say. But later that's, on, that's she's where like, it is movie, very movie like. Yeah, like it was in more Hollywood. It was more like a kaboom, just like, <laughs> just like with the hair grab. There's like a couple parts where it leans into it, yeah. and then it just completely like, yeah, it leans into it, and it's just real. Your rehabilitation begins now. I'm like yeah, sweet fucking one liner, and then she starts crying. Like oh no, it's saying something else. And then it fucking z- z- zigs right back to she starts laughing at him and then the movie cuts the black and yeah, it's just like, oh fuck. 
<laughs> so good. Tyler, you're so you were so right about this being such a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Like, especially at that final moment. Oh man. Because it's like, oh, this is what you want to see. And they give you a taste of it. And then it's like, but really, should you be enjoying this? They spend, <laughs> they spend so long. They do it backwards. The explosion. He has the claw. Normally, like, those types of scenes, like, that climax, like, I always, like, I was like, oh, is this going to be, like, cheesy, like, slow-mo? But it worked, like, with the clock just going backwards and stopping. And just the whole reverse shot, slow-mo. Like, it was just, oh, yeah, it's 10 out of 10. It's captivating. <laughs> Yeah, it makes him very sympathetic with the clock. The first time they do the backwards thing with the clock, mm-hmm. it's all imagination, but it still it hurts to see him chasing after his mother as she's leaving with the little. Did he have the clock then? No, but it doesn't matter. I think though he made that clock after and posted it to that university or whatever, and they made it seem like his mother never found it or never even acknowledged it and then you come to find out when he goes to the site right the clock is there was it or i think it was the the, the teacher doing mind fucks mm-hmm. just oh yeah yeah like here's the here's the that makes cut more sense. the bot the mizuki's body's in the fridge because she had killed her because she was naive enough to believe she was falling in love yeah with this psychopath and so she, cause yeah, the, the teacher did find the body and then she shows up to the mother's work. She used mother's work with props, like the article and the uh, other the article, a clock, maybe something else. It could just be th- like a prop because that whole yeah. final scene is all in his imagination mm-hmm. of the explosion. Yeah. Although I feel like I couldn't buy the idea that Shuya could make a bomb that can like explode a building like that i'm like i mean yeah it, it is for plot device but like like really he can make a bomb really like that like that though like the, <laughs> to do that bombs are easy i though. mean there is yeah, there's mean, like you no know, there's bombs yeah. like that go off. I, mean, I don't i mean i don't i'm not saying it's not possible but like he's what 14 yeah like a little kid he can make a bomb like a blow up a whole building like that i don't know uh, it's probably just cinematic. But the teacher, yeah, yeah, but for cinematic purposes, yeah. yeah. The teacher does make the joke of, oh, I disarmed it preemptively. Oh, yeah, yeah. all she had to do was, like, cut one wire. Cut the yellow wire. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> <The> yellow wire. <laughs> so, yeah, simple bomb from a simple mind or something like that. And then I, she re-triggered it and placed it at the mother's. But we don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It could be... I mean, it'd be a massive mindfuck where the mother just doesn't know about Shuya's existence because she's moved on, and he Shuya's going to jail for killing Miyazuki, and she could just be totally messing with him. Oh, and his father, and yeah. like all these other. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, he's I, not I, going to jail, though. That was one thing I wanted to talk about. He's getting counseling. He's going to go to some kind of like prison, you know, like some kind of. Rehabilitation center where he's not gonna have a normal life. Yeah. Um, although, I do think that his mom's dead. I mean, yeah. it's so, not out of the realm of possibility yeah. that she's gonna be like, all right, well, you took away someone I love, and you know, this is on you. So I'm gonna move this bomb here. And yeah. after he gives like this giant manifesto to his class, like wanting to kill himself and the entirety mm-hmm. of the class with him. No, nope, he then, has like, to live with it. And then he gets the acceptance from them. Yeah. Which is all the more bittersweet for him, I can imagine. 
So, like, here he wanted to literally go out with a bang and, like, achieve that recognition to where his mom finally acknowledges his existence and his genius, only to have that stripped away by Madaguchi for... And then just to see his plan just completely fall apart because he's so inept. This story kind of reminds me of... um... I think it happened in Wisconsin, but, like, something that happened, uh, like, maybe a few years ago, or, or like, uh, about the whole sl- Slenderman oh, yeah, story. The, the about two the, girls. The, yeah. The, yeah, where one of them, like, stabbed the girl to death, like, multiple, multiple times, like, excessive amount of times. And then when they interviewed her, she was just totally, like, complacent about it. Not She didn't have any empathy and... Yeah, and, you know, uh, just reading about all the sides, like, people that do protect her and people that uh, vilify her, um, it is a difficult situation to assess when you're dealing with kids and you're wondering... (laughs) Should we punish them, or...? Yeah, or, like, what kind of punishment do they deserve, or do they deserve any kind of punishment because they are kids, and because, like, we have laws that uphold, like, you know... Uh, they can't be, I guess, tried as adults, obviously. Here in America, you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah, some they parts. Love doing that. But, I mean, like, some parts, though, like, it's not universal. It's not uh, universally accepted. Um, some people have a problem with that. And some people think that she's a victim, even though she stabbed this girl, like, multiple, multiple times. And she doesn't. You look at her, and she doesn't feel sorry. Or at least to me, when I watched the tapes and stuff. It's the same thing, like with uh, with Shuya in the film mm-hmm. when he, he doesn't feel sorry. He just admits outright to Moraguchi in the beginning, and is like proud of it of him killing her daughter. Yeah. Well, he even runs out of the classroom, pretending it, like he was yeah. gonna cry, but then he goes to the. So I think he goes to the bathroom. Yeah. And he starts like, so many good sing. twists. Like yeah. you think he's like gonna throw up. Yeah, and then. An hour later, you just see him. He's maniacally laughing in the bathroom. It's like, yeah, I'm famous. Yes. He's like, this like, is what I wanted. Now I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and I'm wondering, is that similar to the situation I brought up? Like, is the little girl like doesn't feel bad for killing her own best friend? Like, I don't know what goes on in the mind of like those kinds of people. Like, yeah. and well, how how are they not able to? be reformed or like rehabilitated Shuri is sympathetic in some regard but he's still very clearly in the wrong and a villain yeah, he, or even um, Naoki where he, we get his story and he murders his oh his mother was gonna murder him yes but she couldn't go through with it um, like like Shuya he couldn't go through with killing but then um, her own son ends up killing her yeah I was all that a lot of cultural, I want to say, digs in that, like the the the, the prize son, the overbearing mother figure, mm-hmm. and then even Shuya's mother and father's relationship, where she's the smart researcher, or graduate student, or something like that, and then she just happened to marry a guy who owns a shop of some kind, and uh, the maternal pressures are placed on her, and that leads to her lashing out on Shuya as a kid and yeah, years of abuse helped me yeah. yeah. <laughs> everything contributes to everything. It was like the, a bit of the vibe I got. Mm-hmm. Only the youngest of the young kids are 
completely pure because they haven't been tainted by society yet. Well, I mean, with this technological age, they can be tainted much earlier now. Oh yeah, they're mm-hmm. all. Oh yeah, this is a great. This is a great shot of the uh, mirror of the TV of like the young idol singers and. I don't even know what outfits they're wearing, like go-go shorts and something else just on TV. Shuya's original scam, he's called out for as like a joke because he's decensoring porn for friends and distributing it or selling it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of the cell phone stuff that's a new vessel for bullying with the point system Yeah, punishing the kids who were the murderers. No. Also, just the class-wide text messages. Like when when a new detail is like leaked from someone, everybody knows mm-hmm. about it within minutes, yeah, and you see it all play out on screen. Yeah. Self, it's like vigilante justice from the class, but it's not justice when they're just bullying relentlessly. Shuya and the other kids that come to school, and then it quickly turns to the, they also start bullying. Mizuki. Mizuki. Bit of Lord of the Flies, like. Uh, yeah, uh, checks and powers. Vicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, kids are fucking ruthless. They are. And a lot of the times it's just because, like, I've noticed it's because they're bored. Like, at least yeah. in my own personal experiences, like, at school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or there's stuff going on at home that they're just taking it out on people. Yeah. That's um, obviously not the case for everyone, but it just goes to show, like... I mean, especially uh, the scene, I think that, yeah, you and I were talking about it before the podcast. Um, there's, like, this very sweet scene between Shuya and Mizuki where they're up on the, on the, uh, on the roof. Uh, yeah, it's oh, yeah. Roof, yeah. Like, yeah, like, overlooking the city and stuff. And, like, there's, there's this very, like, sweet song playing in the background. It's, like, very, uh, like, lo-fi and stuff. And... I don't know, it was just so sweet to see, like, these two outcasts. Like, this is before you find out about all the shit that <laughs> actually happened. Um, yeah. You see them bonding so over... Like, yeah, they're both like, bullied and they're bonding over that. Yeah. It's, like, one of the only warm shots in the film, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very... Oh, and mm-hmm. then the clouds and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. With, like, the saturated, like, sunset. Yeah, and, like, like, vintage camera and film. It all has, like, a texture to it. Mm-hmm. It, was, like, it was, like, a very sweet memory and then to only find out, like, later on, like, Shuya is, like, talking to Mizuki, and it's like, yeah, like, I was just filling in those time, those periods of boredom in my life where nothing was happening by just, uh, using you as a distraction, and it just made me think about, like, all the things that, like, people do, like, even regardless of age, like, just the ways that, like, people can manipulate others purely just because they're bored, like, that is terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if, like, that's ever been the case in my own life where somebody's done that to me. Yeah. Or just taking advantage of somebody who, like, Naoki or whatever, who whatever is looked at as worthless and, mm-hmm. you know, not liked at all. And then, you know, people can see that and they'll just prey on you and take advantage of you. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, look, we have something in common. We both hate this person. And it's like, let's bond over that because it's like the easiest thing. Or it's, or it's like, as long as I'm not the one being preyed upon, then it's okay. Like, it's very, like, a very self-preservation mm-hmm. uh, minded attitude to have. I don't know. It's, it's, oh God, it's so brutal. It's so brutal. 
Like I, there's a this one subreddit that I like to avoid called Nature Is Metal, where it like shows just animals, like just living life and all the. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I mean, even the mundane horrors of, of just <laughs> living out in nature, and this movie reminded me so much of it. Just like how cruel people can be to one another. Oh yeah. Just for the sake of it, just just cause. It's like it's so horrible. Yeah, it reminds me of how, how human beings can be savages, whether you're a kid or you're an adult. Like today on on Twitter, I saw this video of these people. Like, um, uh, it was terrible that I'm even bringing it up. But like, this raccoon was being beaten up by these people with a bat out on the street, and it's literally like a video of them like running it over, and then like. Oh my gosh! I can't get out of my head. That's like what Shuya was doing in the movie too, though. Like he he, killing cats. Yeah, like he finally Mm -hmm. got recognition as an inventor for creating like this murder machine Mm -hmm. for like yeah, like you said, like killing cats and stuff. Posting online, yeah. And there was like a similar thing that happened at my school too, where it's like this one guy who was um, held back a few years. Like he was he was a senior. Like this is his third time being a senior, and everyone like liked him for some reason even though he was like this vicious bully and there would like be stories uh, where he would like find kittens and like put them in like a bag and tie them up and toss them in the river and stuff and it's like why do people do these things i don't know just so yeah i'm not surprised that that video exists of the raccoon because it's like i don't get it i don't understand it I bet there's a cultural significance too with the the evil and all that stuff capable because uh, they had the Nanking as well as the whole World War II situation as well. I think they're still very... I admire Japan for their pacifist constitution, especially when we live in America and we're very world police mm-hmm. They seem very aware of that. Like yeah, there's, there's a veil that can be torn away for like patriotic duty other just reasons make it easy it's scary how easy you can be pulled away the veil that you know we are animals we're capable of like a bear eating like a big old deer carcass Mm. that kind of yeah stuff yeah except like here in america we don't really get films that are that self-aware about it about hollywood or about you know america in general like especially like here in Sacramento, where um, sex trafficking is huge. Yeah, isn't it, like, the number one? Yeah, it's, like, number one in, like... In the U.S. Yeah, we barely get any um, Not even media, about. like, <laughs> yeah. on that. Um, yeah, like, we won't get films like that. We don't get anything that touch on these kind of topics uh, from Hollywood. Because Hollywood is hiding something. Oh, yeah, and totally. they want to get outed. And the fact that, yeah, like you said, Patrick, like, Japan is very... Um, self-aware yeah. and doing something like this like that's pretty gutsy yeah um and a film like this would never win mm-hmm. it won best i think it won best director cinematography best picture everything award ceremony yeah, yeah that, that is insane so i looked up the academy award uh, best picture nominees for 2010 right and so here here's the lineup there compared Blood to came out the no no that's uh, the year before it oh okay but this is a. It was Avatar, Up, Precious, The Blind Side, District Nine, Up in the Air, A Serious Man, and Education, Inglorious Bastards, and Hurt Locker. 
and the Hurt Locker won Best Picture. Holy Street. shit! Oh. <laughs> That's what I was saying. That we can't. I, at least half wow. these movies do not deserve to be on there um, for two Best of Picture. Them, two of them are White Guilt, Absolving, The Blind Side, and I think there's another one in there. But uh, yeah, Presh- oh, well, Precious is still made by. Um, the Blind Side's a big one, I think. Yeah, but yeah, Blind Side definitely, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's why I, I, we can't, Amer- as Americans, we can't make true punk movies anymore. It's so corporatized, it's so politicized, yeah. But you can't tell me that most people still watch these movies 10 years from now, right? Because only maybe a few of them are worth still watching nowadays, but like. And plus, like, also, like, the availability of watching them, too, mm-hmm. because I think that this one's only available on Amazon at the moment. Right. In, in the U.S. So it's Confessions? like. I think so. I don't think you. I think you had to buy it on DVD. Oh, really? Oh, that was, well, see, we had to watch it on. Yeah, it was some random website. <laughs> <laughs> see, I found a copy out back. <laughs> My laptop's corrupted. Yeah. <laughs> but we, it's, we went through extreme measures to try to get you guys to watch this movie. <laughs> this is our But yeah, it's crazy. It, it, it was so hard to find this movie. You can't even you can't even rent it or buy it on Amazon, YouTube, and nothing. Yeah. And it's like what you what you guys have been saying too, like just the fact alone that this movie was made in Japan and that they're like willing to take criticism from their own society says so much about this movie and how self aware they are and how they are aware of like the issues that plague their society and they're not um, I guess that they're not unwilling to deal with these issues because they I mean, just the fact alone that they won awards for this movie blows my mind because it's like they see the worth in this story, even though like it's not advocating for for uh, violence among youth and uh, you know it's not advocating for vengeance even. It's literally just stating grievances against society and. I, it makes me wonder if if this movie was actually funded by um, any type of like entities in Japan, like uh, like sponsorships or anything. Because I know in Europe, they're very big on supporting the arts, like with the BFI lottery and like just a few other things as well, to where they actually encourage people from their country to make uh, relevant movies of the times. Whereas in the U.S., I can't think of a single thing that we actually have to, 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 I guess, uh, provide a platform to voices that are otherwise snuffed out by the media and by Hollywood in general. There may be a, there may be a killer punk scene in cinema in America, but it's just, where do you, I'm not in that. Where do you find that? Mm. Is it not politicized? Is it? Cause yeah, it's just, it feels that was like the big takeaway from this film for me. I feel so pessimistic about just everything. movies in America. <laughs> just, yeah, just everything, everything in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, with the fires and like all this yeah, stuff yeah. going on, like it's kind of hard not to be. Sky's not blue. All that other crazy yeah. stuff. I, I forgot to mention that this movie is actually uh, based off a novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I forgot to know. Yeah, it's a based off a novel from a former home economics teacher. Oh my god! It was her first novel. She was writing, I guess, in between doing household chores. So, 
we all have dreams that we can still reach. <laughs> <I'm> killing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and the fact that it's a crime that uh, this film hasn't seeped into like the mainstream consciousness, and uh, it does deserve to have um, a bigger uh, microscope for people to like actually know that this film exists. Because um, yeah, the the list that I mentioned earlier from 2010 Academy Awards is just like, dang, you know, like some of the best movies are not even recognized, and it's from all around the world and. The fact that back then, you know, this film would have only been in the category of foreign language film uh, is just. Uh, it didn't blasphemous. even make that category, right? Yeah, and it no. didn't even make it. And then I guess this past year, um, Parasite being the first film to win Best Picture and Best International Film, um, Speak Volumes, hopefully incorporating more international films. Because it's like, why not? We're, we're all a part of the same world. Because you have, because we have to read subtitles. <laughs> that, nobody wants to do that. that and Netflix gets to cash in on the Epstein stuff. They can't buy really good movies. <laughs> <and post them. laughs> yeah, they got to get what's hot. They gotta, yeah, they what gotta. they know people will be into. Yeah. And I like the fact that this film is really dialogue heavy. And has really great, like... It's so poetic yeah. at times, too. Mm-hmm. So poetic. Especially in the imagery... The scene where I think it's Shuya when he, I think it's right after, or I think it's Naoki actually, right after he kills Manami or just like the scene of him catching the butterfly oh, in the clouds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want that as like my desktop screensaver. <laughs> I think it was Shuya. He crushes it. Oh, is it, was it Shuya? Yeah, he catches it and he crushes it. I think it's revealed later. When, before the bomb goes off. I think off. you are right. trying yeah. the bomb to go off. Because yeah, they make it seem like he catches it in the beginning and then later on he crushes it. There's so many brilliant moments like that too. Just like very small moments. Like for they show instance, you one thing and then two seconds later it's like flipped on its head. Like another scene that it reminds me of is when um, Shuya's mom is saying goodbye to him for like the final time where she gives him the pile of books and says the first thing that she says to him in the movie, which is like, uh, my blood runs through you or we have the same blood and you have the same genius as me and I'm leaving now. And then she's walking and then all those kids are outside. It's like a beautiful sunny day. And then they're all blowing the bubbles and he goes outside to chase after her. And then it's like a close up, like an extreme close up shot on his ear. And then the bubble just bursts. And then with the clock and stuff, with the reversing of time, you see that bubble potentially, like, not bursting and coming back to life to, like, represent his uh, reestablishing of the connection between he, he, uh, him and his mother because he just feels like this unresolved, raw emotion towards her of rejection and not being wanted and not living up to her expectations you know, those moments were brilliant, though. Like, yeah, that butterfly one. I was like, whoa! Holy, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I find that interesting you bring that up. Because can you compare that to Naoki's relationship with his mom? Where uh, she can come off really overbearing. She's there for him. She doesn't abandon him. But, like, at the same time, like, you know, he's just stuck in his room. Like, he, yeah. Like, yeah, becoming extremely filthy, and she's just there to, like, witness it and to, like, agonize and pain with him. Um, yeah, everyone has issues with their mom. 
<laughs> I noticed. <laughs> or at least the two of them, yeah. Well, his name's Naoki, right? Or, yeah. Okay, Naoki. It's so weird because it's like, if only people had communicated just a little bit more in this movie and were like a little bit more vulnerable to one another, there would be so much miscommunication that would have been alleviated and so many problems that could have been skirted or even resolved before they became a thing. Like, because in Naoki's mind, when we finally get his confession, he was so obsessed with not wanting to let his mom have HIV that he ended up like just cutting off all connection with her. It was because he loved her too much or he was like too afraid of losing her that ended up, that it ended up creating a rift between the two. And here his mother is thinking that she's losing her son when really he's just trying to protect her. But had he been aware of the fact that, Oh, um, or had he even just told his mom that he had HIV he could have gone to the hospital and gotten tested and boom, it would have been resolved. Or um, had he even been aware of the fact that you can't contract HIV through like those little mundane things of like, oh, well, we use the same toilet or we use the same sink. Um, like him having to disinfect all these surfaces and even himself to where he's like rubbing his skin raw. And there's this one brilliant moment where he's like lying in bed and he's like, we get a shot of like his nails and his hair, like his really long, uh, disgusting hair and his teeth that are like all yellowed over and everything. And he's like, this is proof that I am alive. And then all of a sudden he looks in the mirror and then his like, he's back to normal looking because his mom puts sleeping pills in his food to take care of him, to remind him that he is alive. But what does it do? It has the opposite effect. He's like, Oh no, no, like she's going to get me. Like the teacher's going to get me. Um, I'm going to die. I'm going to infect other people. Like it was, it did, it was so counterintuitive. And even with Werther, like him going to Naoki's house to encourage him to come back to school and like face his fear. All it did was what Mizuki said where it just, it just only deepened the wound instead of like letting it fully open and heal from there. Like it, it just kept ripping the bandaid off to, to look and see if it was healing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, and also I feel bad for Mizuki the most cause she didn't deserve to die. Like that, that scene was, uh, really got to me when she got hit by the, um, the mallet. Mm-hmm. Was the when you see the tattoo in the fridge? That's what's. Oh, yeah, I was like, punch. wait, like, oh. is that her? No. <laughs> yeah, I like that they they revealed that part before actually showing what, what happened, and I think that was uh, really well put together. Um, yeah, like, man, she was one of the characters that I was like, I could get behind because the rest of them were all like terrible. I mean, I liked um, Moriguchi too, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was a terrible end for her. Her monologue over it, too, where she was, like, standing up for... Uh, Shuya? Yeah, for Shuya to Mariguchi, saying, oh, well, he's just a human. Like, he just wants just love lonely. from his yeah, mom. He's and, just lonely. and yeah. yeah, and he's, like, bullied and all this stuff. And then, like, you, you cut to, like, her, like, slowly falling backwards with blood yeah. pouring from her head. Just, like, this ice-cold, like blindsided look in her eyes of like oh this is how it ends for me i was 
too naive. Mm-hmm. Just like Madaguchi said. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like she's still a kid, like the rest of them. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, um, man, this is a really good movie. I think it had so many topics that we can touch upon. Um, yeah, and it's so relevant, even though it came out uh, 10 years ago. Um, it still has a lot to say about not just like Japan's culture, but uh, our culture too. I think just being mm-hmm. human, yeah. like in general, that's the beautiful thing about it. Mm-hmm. That it transcends those societal borders. But yeah, do we have uh, any closing thoughts before we end our episode? Definitely watch this movie. Yes. You won't get to see it. Or you won't see a movie like this, a a Hollywood movie like this, or an American film like this. I agree. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a movie that if you're going to obtain... The ability to watch the movie, definitely watch it with your friends, because I think it's a film, it could be uh, entertaining to watch with your friends, just the reactions, and yeah, it just has everything. I think just for the possibility of discourse alone Mm -hmm. makes it well worth the watch with other people. Um, I think the closest American movie I can like think of that reminded me of this movie was Elephant. Like you mentioned uh, Gus Van Sant earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes, Elephant is very much in this vein of like applying pressure to criticism. And just like it's very distanced look at violence and the ways that people interact with one another and how they choose to uh, either hurt, use, or uh, empathize with other people. I think that this movie is like just for those reasons reasons alone. It's it's well worth a watch. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Watch. Yeah, so yeah, uh, that does it for our episode for today. Um, next week we're gonna have a very special episode for everyone, and I can't wait to. Uh, talk about that we're gonna we're gonna hold it to the vest for now before we announce anything but we're gonna have a very special episode next week we'll have a special guest so yeah stay tuned for that yeah and uh that about does it all right later everyone